Life Audio. Hey guys, it's time for Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and we're going to be right with you just after these messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. everybody. Good night. Good morning. Good evening. Wherever you're listening in the world, welcome to Girl Club. You know the place. We are real girls having real talk about real issues while seeking to apply real faith. And what have these talks been about lately? Identity. All things identity. I believe that we are very much in the greatest identity crises of history. Um, arguably, we've lived through many identity crises as a planet Earth. But there seems to be something that is happening that's really powerful. There's a, a confusion about identity in our personal souls, spiritually. There is so much mental confusion about identity. All of this has contributed to an identity crisis in the family. All of this has contributed to identity crises in our communities and in our nations. And so how we end up where we are is of no surprise to me at all. Joining me today on Girl Club in studio are two of our regular tribe. You know who they are. They are my backbone. They are the women I lean on in times of crises. And they are women that are here to share and talk transparently about all of the issues that ultimately end up being connected to the great identity crisis of our time. I'm Cynthia Garrett. Welcome to Girl Club. And please welcome Christina Boudreaux and Christina Reynolds. Hey, guys. It's good to see you. Yeah. Identity, identity, identity. Well, as people kind of chime in from all over the world, if you're watching live stream, you uh, can comment, you can ask questions, you can interact with us live. If you're listening on podcast, please don't forget to make a comment, to share us, to turn someone else on to Girl Club. Um, you can find out all the information you need about Girl Club and each of us at CynthiaGarrett.org. 
And kicking off, I just want to remind you, we've hit four points of about 14 that I want to go through about your identity. You know, we deal here with spiritual identity. And out of your spiritual identity flows the way that you interact and live out all other things. So the first four points that we've been touching on in these last few weeks had to do with, number one, knowing that you're a saint. Interesting, because if you understand your identity as a saint, you understand a lot of things. And it's there's it, this, this particular study, uh, for those of you who've taken notes, we're going to make available um, for all of you to actually dive into it um, as we, you know, as we wrap up in the coming weeks. But the first four points that we've touched on, you're a saint, you're blessed, you're appreciated, which was a big one, and you're saved, which is the biggest of all. But it's not in the first spot for a reason. Today, we're going to touch on the fact that another thing you should know about your identity, without a doubt, is that you're reconciled. But what does it really mean to be reconciled? Mm. Well, one of the things that this particular study says is that Jesus has spiritually reconciled you to God and to other believers. And since God plans for all Christians from all diverse types of backgrounds on earth to live harmoniously together in heaven forever, you should do your best to live harmoniously here and now. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you be peaceful, humble, and compassionate toward other people. Peaceful, humble, and compassionate toward others. So there are three scriptures I really want to link into today as we open up the floor and really talk about this. But in knowing that you're reconciled, you might look at Romans 5, verses 10 to 11. For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have received reconciliation. The second scripture that I'll point to is Colossians 3, verse 13. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. I have to imagine that the reason why we get pointed toward a scripture on forgiveness is that in order to remain reconciled to each other and to God, forgiveness is an incredible key factor. And we'll talk a little bit about that today. And the third scripture I want to hit is Ephesians 4, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Again, the second scripture really pointing toward forgiveness, which means that we can't really be reconciled to God or each other without first forgiving others. Um, and wow. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it and it is interesting how it plays into Romans, you guys, because if you think about it, Romans 5 verse 10 starts with, for if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? That is so huge yeah. because basically while we were God's enemies and didn't know him, 
while we were living apart from him, while our identity was rooted in our fleshly desires or in our jobs or careers or in clothing or houses or kids even, while our identity was basically rooted in everything but him, he still went to the cross and died for us knowing that we would be away from him for a season, for a lifetime, Mm. for however long. So he reconciled us to him while we were not even aware of what he was doing. So I think it's so powerful that what is pointed out here is that if he did this for us, even then, how much more are we reconciled now that we're saved because we believe and accept him? And the whole thing about him reconciling us is forgiveness. How does he reconcile us to him? He died on a cross so that we could be forgiven and stand before God faultless and be able to talk to God without Mm -hmm. any walls between us and our relationship with God. And if you are a Christian, for those of you listening, you understand this on a very deep level that God is there wanting a relationship with you. Mm -hmm. One in which you can talk and be real and go to him. And when you know that he's died for your sins and that you're forgiven, and when you know that we're supposed to forgive others, the whole thing becomes that much deeper. So I'm curious to hear what you both have to say about just where we've started. (laughs) You know, Cynthia, this last uh, weekend, I uh, was still having to walk out two years later, um, stuff with my family, right? Like, you know, they invited my abuser to live back in our house. And I, that's why I live where I live now. And two years later, nothing's changed, you know? And I feel like for me, forgiveness has had to be, cause I'm having to walk this out in real time, like reporting live, you know, from California, um, yeah. forgiveness has to often be continuous you know, and even like last week, my mom is asking me, you know, like, cause I've, I've made it a point where the Lord has asked me like to pursue relationship with my parents independent of the situation. So I've had lunch, you know, with my parents, you know, um, close to where I go to church, you know, at Calvary Golden Springs, you know, every couple weeks, like calling my brothers, you know, which I love my brothers and just, you know, talking to them on the phone, even as I've developed what is now turned into arthritis, like having opening the line of communication while still keeping close boundaries. But even this last Saturday, I had a conversation with my mom that really kind of sent me in a moment where I had to call one of my friends I went to India with. She's my prayer partner and we prayed together. But my mom was basically she used my brother as a way to say your brother's coming home for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And he wants you to come over to the house and watch, you know, Hallmark movies with, with him and do all this stuff as if it's like my brother wants it. Right. But they're trying to push the boundary that I've set by thinking that it's that I'm now okay. Cause I'm talking with them at sitting at the same table over Thanksgiving with the person that abused me which for me, no, like I've set that boundary. So I just told her, I was like, oh, I just, I kept it really simple. Like, 
you know, like, that's awesome. Like, I'll totally have lunch with him, you know, like outside, but I won't be coming to the house. And then because I said no, um, and she just kind of accepted that. She's like, okay, you know, love you. And I was like, love you. She had my brother call me and my brother doesn't just call me out of the blue the next day, which was yesterday. And he said, Christina, like, you know, what are your plans for the holidays? What are you doing? And I just said, oh, you know, I have plans with friends here, plans with friends here. He's like, oh, well, you're not going to have, you're not going to come to the house with the family. And I said, no, but you know what, David, I would love to go out to a movie with you. And I would love to go out to dinner with you, you know? And so for me, I'm still, cause I called my friend and I said, am I wrong for this? And she said, Christina, your parents have continually allowed witchcraft, homosexuality, you know, um, drugs in the house, an abuser in their house. And by you setting a boundary is you saying, I no longer condone what you've allowed. And so I'm having to continually forgive in the process of wanting to be reconciled with my parents, even though they don't fully get it yet, I'm still pursuing a continuous relationship with them. And it is hard. It is hard when your own parents still don't recognize, but I'm still saying, God, in obedience to you, as unto you, I'm, I still want to pursue a relationship with them. And it hurts me. Like it genuinely, like reconciliation and forgiveness, when there is no acknowledgement on the other side, it's easy when the other person says, oh, I like, I, I'm sorry. I acknowledge the pain or whatever. What if they don't acknowledge the pain? God still asks you to forgive. He still asks you to, you know, to do as, because I've received grace, I extend grace. I've received forgiveness. So I forgive. So in my situation and I love, dude, I love my mom and I love like my brothers and I love my, my dad, despite what has happened. And I, dude, I want to, I want to sit up Thanksgiving. I still want to, you know, be with them. But the Lord, the image the Lord brought to mind as I was talking to my friend from India was when I was in Malaysia visiting my mom's family. I walked into my cousin's house, who's Hindu, and he had all the different Hindu gods and he had Jesus in the corner. You know, he had like a statue of Jesus and then he had like a crucifix. And I was like, oh, do you believe in Jesus? He's like, yeah, I believe in Jesus because, you know, he's one of the gods. He's just not the God, right? And I thought to myself, Lord, this is what my family's doing. They're putting Jesus there amongst Mm -hmm. other idols, but Jesus does not coexist. Light does not coexist with darkness. You do not bring fire up witchcraft in the house and also say, I believe in Christ because you're no better than a Hindu. You're no better. And my mom used to be Hindu. So, you know, whatever. So I'm having to continually forgive. And so for my friends out there, forgiveness is continuous. And if even if the other person doesn't acknowledge their wrong towards you, and even if they never Mm -hmm. do, forgiveness sets you free. And I'm currently free from whatever, you know, has happened to live my life for Christ, but also setting that boundary. And forgiveness doesn't mean that you put your boundaries back. You keep your boundaries, you know, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, that was my spiel for the day. Uh, No, no. That was so good. Listen, you're a lot to unpack, dude. No, you're, and you're uniquely qualified to speak into this, Christina, because the, 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 look, the reality that your own parents 
have the person who abused you now living in their home and they expect you to just continue along like it's tra-la-la, you know, merrily, 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 life is but a dream is absurd and it is a sign of their confusion. And you called it, you know, with all of the different gods in the house and the little idols and all of this, they mix their truth in with confusion. You know, so they're used to a state of confusion in the home. But I got to tell you this, for those of you listening and watching, really quickly, let's just kind of note something, what forgiveness is and what forgiveness isn't. Forgiveness is not a Disney movie. Forgiveness does not mean (laughs) that you necessarily live happily ever after. Forgiveness does not mean that what was done to you was now right and it's all yeah. okay and you put the white dress on the ugly toad and oh isn't it great and you accept something back into your life that probably shouldn't be there and it's like i often say you know my older half brother sexually molested my sister and i when we were little girls i've long since forgiven him and have forgiven him at numerous you know, crossroads in my life as I deal with the damage of what he did to me in that, in that, those actions, you know, when I was a child, because someone else's actions did something and those things were evil. And those things are never off the hook just because you quote unquote Mm -hmm. forgive. So would I let him babysit my child? No, of course not at all. The boundaries are there. Forgiveness does not mean that the person deserves to be let off the hook. It does not mean that the person is no longer in the wrong for what they did. No, forgiveness just means you take your right to judge that person and you give it to God because you realize that only God is a perfect judge. And you realize that every day you need God's forgiveness. And so Mm -hmm. as he died to forgive us to himself, to reconcile us to himself, He expects us basically to model what he would do. So what would he do? He would forgive, you know, he would forgive, but forgiveness means you just, you know, it's like out loud. Hey, cause you gotta, you gotta forgive out loud. You guys, there's a spiritual key in doing it out loud because the enemy needs to hear it and the enemy can't read your mind. So when we walk people through forgiveness, it often sounds like this father, I forgive so-and-so for what they did to me, for these events, for whatever. I take my right to judge them and I give it to you. You're a perfect God and I need you to forgive me for the things that I've done in response to what was done to me. And oftentimes the things that we do in response to what was done to us are rooted in sin as well. We might curse them out, flip them off. I mean, look, in my case, from being sexually abused, I had seasons of my life trying to protect myself so much that sex meant nothing to me as a young girl. I could sleep with a boyfriend. I never really knew that I was damaging myself. So all of the ways as you get older and you get more mature in your relationship in Christ, that you begin to realize that another person's wrongdoing harmed you. (coughs) Excuse me. All of those things might cause you to also harm yourself or harm other people. So we need God's forgiveness every day. So we need to forgive, cut that person off, give that person to God to judge. Christina, you've done that. I mean, look, all three of us here have been through sexual abuse and molestation, and we've all had to forgive Mm 
those who forget who've abused us, but it doesn't mean you don't set boundaries around your life. And Christina, I think it's amazing that you actively are setting boundaries around a situation that is so painful because in a, in a situation like this, like you hope your parents at least get it and they don't. And so I know that it's not easy, you know, to walk out this forgiveness because there's a lot of hurt and pain and offense that are heaped on top of you when you've not only been abused, but when the people that are closest to you basically just don't get it. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. And that refuge is like, and honestly, for me, like two years ago, I lost like in the life of any person, it doesn't matter how old you are. Like I'm 32, right? I'll be 33 next month. And in the life of any person, your parents are still like a refuge for you. You know, your parents are a safe haven. For me, I lost that. The closest people to me um, that, you know, nurtured, raised, whatever me, that safe harbor is now gone. So now I'm like a ship out at sea. Like, where do I dock? The Lord. Dude, the Lord has been that for me. As I've been on the road, you know, like on tour with the Whosoever's, I haven't even been home necessarily per se here in Thousand Oaks because I was on the road the last few months and just got back from Florida, leaving for South America in a couple weeks. But the Lord everywhere I go has been a safe place for me. And honestly, what is the fruit of finding your safe place in the Lord? Like in August of this year, I asked the Lord, because I was in so much, um, I'm going through three different valleys right now. One of them is like a physical one with my arthritis. I asked the Lord to teach me how to play guitar because I just wanted to worship in my own time. And some of the stories we hear on tour are so heavy that I worship a lot because it helps me just process like what we hear. And the Lord literally just taught me how to play guitar. And now I know how to play like so many songs. And last week when I was in Florida, I led worship for the first time for one of our like Holy Spirit times with the ministry school I was at because every day I'm just worshiping and I'm playing guitar. Mm. It's very raw and it's very vulnerable, but like, that's the fruit that in the midst of my place, like my prison has become a place of praise and a place of Mm. worship like Paul and Silas when they're in prison and you could lead others into that, that it's like, no, when you lose that safe Harbor, And like Paul and Silas, obviously were in prison, right? Like what's their safe harbor when you're in a prison? Christ is and his word is and worship is. And so now I take my, I take my guitar with me on tour because there's sometimes that worship songs put words to the sadness that's in my heart that I can't verbalize um, because of the songs, because of the stories that we hear. And sometimes it's so heavy, but I just want to encourage my friends out there that worship is a perfect place for you to find a safe harbor with the Lord when everything else is lost and gone. At least for me, that's what's helped. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Christina Reynolds, as a worship leader, do you often find, do you find this to be true? Oh my gosh. 100, I think 100%. I myself have been finding my way back to the place of worship, you know, um, for me personally, because it became a job, it became a occupation where I came in and I served people and I left. But 
as of late, actually, which is very interesting that we're talking about repentance, we're talking about forgiveness, and forgiving those who may never even know or acknowledge or come to the realization that they need to be forgiven. Um, for the last like, few weeks, I've been digging into this place of just repenting for holding on to bitterness to, of, of just offenses from different leaders and churches and whatever. This it doesn't matter. Anyone. My, it could be my my brother, my mother, anyone. And just releasing that pain and also just that that heavy yoke of like holding on. You know, saying that you forgive, but then like, uh, I'm still kind of holding on. So what you said, Christine, about it, it's a daily process is so true. But after that, actually going and then blessing them, oh, it just, you take a real punch to the ego to do that. But that's honestly what I have found to be like just the next level of like, whoa, of like freedom. And then after that, worshiping from that place. Oh my gosh. That has been the three, the the combo that just like punches that 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 loneliness, that feeling of confusion, um, that oppression. It just punches it and destroys it. Those things coupled together, because I mean, I, this 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 whole like idea of like blessing those who hate you, um, serving those who can't who can't give you anything in return. Forgiving those who revile you, who persecute you. I mean, this is all how Jesus lived. I mean, like, like so yesterday I went to church, guys. I went to this beautiful Orthodox church and the priest gave this 10-minute little exhortation. He, I love this guy. It's The church is in the inner city. He was previously a social worker and a tattoo artist. He's covered in tattoos, but he converted into Orthodoxy. He is a Orthodox father. Coolest guy ever. Um but he basically comes up and is like, listen, guys, you can give generously to the poor. You can do all these things that look good on the outside, but that doesn't make you a Christian. If you're not forgiving people who hurt you, if you're not being grateful for people who will never be grateful for you, if you're basically not loving people who will never love you, who can never give you anything in return, then you're not a Christian. Because what is being a Christian? It's being a little Christ. He's like, you are not acting like Christ. Christ did all these things. He's like, anybody can, you know, I, I can bring meals to someone who's in need because it moves my heart. And you know what? Oh, poor them. Like how, you know, and they're, and they deserve it. But who wants to give meals to like the drug addict down the street who like often harasses you or like steals things from you or, and, and like I said, this, this, this is not, I'm not saying now give them license to be crazy. That's not what I'm saying. But it is like, it was like a heart shift for me to go, ah, you've hurt me so much. Like, I, I just want to cut you out and I, you know, bless you, I guess. But I hope you like get like instant diarrhea right now. Like, that's my heart. I'm like, make them suffer. Yeah. But there is this heart shift of going, oh my gosh, you're right. Like, Cynthia, you're right. When we didn't want him and many people will continue to not want Jesus, he died for us. He was separated from his father for a moment. He took on the weight of the sin of the world. Like, and that is, I think that's the indictment against all of us is like, yeah. am I following in those footsteps? Cause that's hard. Yeah. That's not easy. Like everything in me wants to protect myself, wants to protect the ones that I love, wants to like, I want to be justified now. I want to be vindicated now. And as I'm reading about this, like these saints, 
who loved Jesus to the point of death, there are some that were accused of heinous crimes, but they never defended themselves once. And then they were later vindicated by the Lord later on. I'm looking at this. I'm going, it is such an upside down kingdom. It's such an upside down lifestyle that God calls us to. And it's not fun. It doesn't feel good in the moment. But I'm telling you, that mm. coupled with worship, what you're talking about, Christine, that place of worship, I have gotten so much breakthrough since I've started blessing, forgiving my enemies, mm. and then going to a place of like, God, you love me. Like, God, you are above and beyond all of this. Like, it's an yeah. alignment with the way that he created us to be, to be his image bearers. So I'm sitting yeah. here going, this is yet another kiss from the Lord that, Cynthia, that this is even the topic for today. Because I've been on this like, well, when am I going to have to stop repenting? When am I going to have to stop forgiving? And I'm realizing this is going to be a lifelong thing that leads to so much joy, so much peace in the midst of the storm. Because like the storm sure. is not going to stop. We're yeah. always yeah. There's always going to be someone who's going to hurt you, who's going to mm. try to break you, who's not going to believe mm. in you, who's going to steal from you. Like, oh, it happens all the time. But we get this gift to be like Jesus and to like partake of like his suffering and be like mm. him now. Cause there's coming a day when like, we won't have to do that anymore. This is mm. the time, you know? Right. So I am, so good. I'm sitting here like super touched by this. I know it sounds painful, but I'm like, we're in it together guys. Cause we are, we're all going to get hurt by somebody. So we all have the opportunity yeah. to like yeah. Yeah. walk <laughs> through it together. You know? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, so I feel happy about it right yeah. now anyways. <laughs> well, it's no, but it is really interesting that, you know, reconciliation is forgiveness. You know, how did he reconcile us to himself? He forgave us. He died for us so that our sins would be forgiven. And I think one of the greatest realities of our identity in Christ is that we are fully known. You know, I love how scripture says, you know, basically we're fully known and, and, and one day we'll, we'll fully know. You know what I mean? Right now we're down here and we don't fully know the realities of Christ like we will in another day when we see him face to face. But we can fully know him, you know, as much as we're able to in his word, in prayer, in praise, you know, by living out and acting out and walking out what we're supposed to do every day, identity-wise, you know, by reminding ourselves and walking in our identity, you know, so just even going through your week knowing I'm reconciled to God, reconciled, meaning I'm forgiven, you know, how did he reconcile me? He forgave me. So, if you're looking to bring reconciliation into any situation, I guarantee you nine times out of 10, it, it, it's going to need forgiveness. There's going to be some forgiveness you're going to be looking to bring into that situation. You know, it's like you said, Christina, you know, I'm, I, I'm asking God, like, you know, how, how many times do I have to repent, you know, or, or how many times, you know, do I have to deal with this person or, you know, how many times do I have to forgive, you know? Well, the reality is, you know, I'm pretty sure that Jesus says the same thing about us. How many times do I have to remind them that I died on a cross for the forgiveness of this issue in their life? 
you know, or for the forgiveness of that sin. So I wish they'd stop condemning themselves and just get on with the business of being who they are in me, because there's more positive in us being who we're supposed to be as Christians than there is negative. You know what I mean? The, the Bible is a love letter to us. You know, one of the greatest things I think that Christ experienced for us, and I think about this, especially right now, I think that all of us go through these moments where we feel in some way separated from God. We feel separated from the love of God. Now we know that scripture says that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is ours in Christ Jesus. So we got that. Nothing can separate us, not even our sin, okay? So we get his promise. But there is this reality that, you know, Boudreaux, when you're going home and you're, you know, you're looking at the holidays coming up and you're also kind of looking at the reality of the fact that you can't really freely spend the holidays in your own home because you can't enmesh with your family and the person that molested you because they don't get it, you know? And, you know, so I know that that brings about times, Christina Reynolds, I know with the things that you've gone through and there are things that I'm going through, there are things that we all go through that really make us feel like we've, we're not seen by God. We've been yeah. forsaken, you know, by God, like he's not there. Like this is not what I thought it was going to be when I accepted Christ, you know, that feeling, that thought. And it really brings me to Jesus's words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the reality of that statement is that Jesus even needed to feel that gap where we feel that God's not with us in our suffering, that he's forsaken us, he's not there, that we're on the right side of this great canyon and he's across the canyon on the left and he's, he's left us. I think that in that moment, that was the final thing that Jesus brought to the cross for us to reconcile us to God. I think in those words and in that act, he basically built a bridge across that canyon that we need to always walk to. We need to always remember when we're going through stuff, when mm -hmm. we're struggling with our identity, that God didn't forsake us. He hasn't left us. He, his eyes are not closed to us. His ear is not silent to our pain or our suffering or our hurt. In our identity, while we may feel forsaken, he has not forsaken us. And, and how do we know that he didn't forsake Jesus. How do we know that what Jesus said, you know, he said it and he died. How do we know? We know because on the third day he rose again from the dead. We know because he appeared to his apostles and basically said, hey, what I told you is true. What you put your faith in is true. Now here I am. I've been raised from the dead and I will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. I find that reality to give me such hope because mm -hmm. I think that we live in a world and we go through things that really steal our hope in moments. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. And I think that's what's so beautiful about, um, I mean, and just real quick about what you're saying about even Jesus, like, yeah, like, like experiencing that separation Mm -hmm. from his father and like him, like, like it says in his word that he's, he's our sympathetic high priest. He understands, Mm -hmm. like he's acquainted with grief. You read through Isaiah 53 and it's like, oh my gosh, like he, he went, he really did go to the lowest place so that he can sit with every single person on the earth and go, I can sympathize with you. You know, Mm -hmm. he's not like this, like the top point nine percent elite of the universe like he is for one but he also isn't because he's so humble and he Mm -hmm. can understand and i think that's that gives me comfort in you know like christine said i'm in three valleys through different valleys right now like when we are going through it it's going to be hard but he's sitting there right there with you going i understand is that not the best thing that you is that not not the only the is that not what you need when you are going through it. When I lost a child, I didn't need people to help me make it better. I just, the thing that brought me comfort was just sitting with me and crying with me. You know, like he understands he's been through it all. And that gives me comfort going. So it's not like, so I'm not alone. That is the point that you're saying, Cynthia, we're not alone. Is he going to swoop in and make it all right? At some point he will in the right timing. He will. But in the meantime, he's there with you, fully understanding how you feel, why you feel it, what's wrong. And he burns for you. He cares a lot, you know. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead, CB. Oh, no, dude. I was I was looking up the It's perfect timing because I was looking up the story I wanted to share. But the um, when I think of I I was listening to this message yesterday by Pastor David Tommaso from a Calvary Chapel in New York. And um, he was talking, he's been going through the life of David and it was so like his message was on forgiveness and reconciliation. And I took a mm-hmm. lot of the day yesterday to go through it. You know, those messages that you pause and then you play mm-hmm. and then you read like another path. And then the, I had this whole like thing with the Lord yesterday. It was awesome. But just in this moment of first Samuel chapter 26, you know, where here it is, David, one moment he's out in the fields, worshiping the Lord with his sheep. And the next minute he gets brought to the dinner table, he's like, I haven't been here in a while. He gets anointed as king. And then the next minute he's in a cave fighting for his life as Saul's on like a however many year journey where he wanted to kill him. And in a moment where David could have taken his life, right? And that's what he was saying. He was like, David could have taken his Saul's life in the cave. Saul was there going to the bathroom like he could have taken it. And his men were probably like, yeah, take him, you know, because they're not only it's like 3000 men versus 600 of us. But he said that David still recognized that if he would have allowed the Lord to take care of it, that him allowing the Lord to take care of it is so much greater than him um, taking things in his own hands. And I think in the process of like, you know, reconciliation, as it says in Deuteronomy, like that was where I was also turning to, you know, where it says like, vengeance is mine. Like I will repay says the Lord, as you were saying, Christina, there's times where when we try to take things in our own hands, it could get messy. Like it could have gotten messy for David and God probably couldn't have blessed him, but because he kept persevering, even though Saul was after him, the Lord dealt with his enemies, you know, and there's moments and that spoke so much to me where I've had to ask the Lord, like, Lord, I feel like David in my situation where I've been faithful to you, like I've served you 
And this person who's like a Saul in my family is having the place of honor where, you know, they don't even love you. Like they're in witchcraft. They've threatened to kill my family many times. Like worse than Saul. Yeah. It's just worse. And the Lord's like reminded me, like, will you trust me that I will remove the Saul's in my time? And if I haven't done yet, if I haven't done it yet, there's things that I want to work out in your life and in their Mm -hmm. life. But I know that God is faithful to do those things as we seek him. And like you said, Christina, whether it's in this life or the next life, but I've also, I've come to the point with the Lord where I've said, Lord, even if you don't, I will still worship you. Even if this doesn't change, I will still worship you. And so I think there's times, you know, for the sisters out there and maybe some of the guys who could be listening where you might want to take things in your own hands, like David did, you know, he, um, he could have, but he was like, nah, I'm going to sit this one out. I'm going to let the Lord take care of my enemies. And when we do, the Lord just cuts them off from the earth, you know, but it's still hard. It's really, really hard, like to not take things in our own hands. I I have seen some crazy stuff happen uh, in the moment of like, where you just really forgive and give it, give it to God, give a person or a situation to God. I mean, you know, when my son was in college and my husband and I would do a lot of inner healing work um, with a lot of people in the community or a lot of young kids that he went to college with. Um, one girl uh, in one session had to forgive her father for never telling her he loved her. Like she was 22 years old and her father had never once told her, I love you. Was she Chinese? Because that's all of China. <laughs> Literally. Really? really? Yeah. They don't say it. Never. Wow. Okay. That's deep. I did not know that there was something cultural in that, but no, yes. she wasn't. No, she wasn't. She's a American, which makes it weird. American. Yeah. Very weird. That's why we knew it was demonic because she's a great girl and, and all of that. There, it wasn't like she was a bad girl. So maybe he was angry at her and blah, blah, blah. It was nothing like that. So long story short, that was the subject of a lot of what she did do to herself, which was abusive in relation by, by, you know, being in the wrong relationships with guys and blah, blah, blah. So while we were going through inner healing with her, and of course you, you always start in forgiveness. You have to, you know, in order for God to move, you got to unlock the spiritual key, which is what would Jesus do? He would forgive as he died on a cross. He said, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Most people Mm -hmm. don't even know who Jesus is. So they certainly can't know what the consequences of their sin is or the effects, the ripple effects of their sin when they dare to touch someone else's life with their selfish, grimy, sinful hands. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, their total loss of identity that impacts your identity. And now everybody's searching for identity. Everybody's broken. Right. So anyway, she forgave her father for this mm. it was deep. It was a guttural forgiveness, you know, like a cry. Mm. And we yeah. finished with her. She had come early before Bible study in our home. 
So we went downstairs when we were done with our inner healing work as because now the rest of the kids are arriving. We had probably 100, 150 kids coming into the house. And so we're downstairs in the great room and we're getting ready to start Bible study. It's about 45 minutes past her forgiving her dad. Just as we were getting ready to start Bible study, the phone rings. She answers her phone. It's because it's her father. So oh she gets gosh, up, she no leaves way. the room, she goes into the guest bathroom. She, I hear her in the guest bathroom, literally like when, it, I guess she hung up the phone and she was sobbing and she came out of the guest bathroom and she said, oh my God, oh my God, he's real. He's real. She knew that God was real because what happened in that moment was literally, it was a God consequence of her spiritual belief in the power of forgiveness and I'm telling you guys, it's powerful. Her father called her and he said, Brie, I realized something as he was going through a lot of his own stuff in this season of life. I realized something as I've been looking at my life. I have not been the best father that I could be to you as a baby girl. And I I just wanted to call and tell you. And I know I've, I don't know if I've ever told you this before, but I love you. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Another situation. My husband was in his office and one of the girls uh, who, one of the women who has worked for him for a long time came to him and asked for help because she had a boyfriend that she'd broken up with and he was crazy and he was stalking her. And in his stalking of her and her little girl, he was threatening to kill the little girl. Now he had- (sighs) served in the service and he was a little bit crazy. And that's why she stopped seeing him. He had uh, a lot of post-traumatic stress disorders. And so it, it, it got quite violent where he was like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to break into your home in the middle of the night. I'm going to kill your child, you know, blah, 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 all this stuff. Right. So she goes to my husband. My husband feels led of the Lord to explain to her about forgiveness. Now we're now, now we're talking about, you know, giving the middle finger to all of the American laws that would tell you, you can't talk to your employee, right? About, you know, your faith. And this is definitely hitting home for those of you listening in the UK, because I know many English Christians come under persecution for daring to just say the word Christ in the place they work or wear a cross, you know? So my husband tells her about Jesus and explains to her about forgiveness. He leads her to Christ and she goes through forgiving this guy. And she's like, I don't understand why I would forgive him, Roger, blah, blah, blah. But he explains to her how powerful this spiritual key is and that the guy is wrong. And it d- doesn't mean she's going to go get back together with him, but he, she needs to forgive this guy and give this guy to God to deal with because God's a just judge and he will deal, right? Four days later, this guy commits suicide. He doesn't, and he leaves a note. Rather than killing you, I decided to kill myself. (gasps) Now, I'm sorry, you guys, but I can go on and on and on about the crazy that I have seen come out of the power of forgiveness. God's judgment may be worse than you ever thought, right? I know sometimes I have prayed, God, let the harm that they're doing turn around on them. I mean, I have prayed, you know, that the baseball bat would hit the person upside the head. Sometimes God will take it there. Sometimes God will take it somewhere else. Our job is really just to trust God because when he died to reconcile us to him, 
through forgiveness, he trusted that we had a journey. And in that journey, which he knows the beginning at the end, whatever the outcome is, he still chose to do what he did. So to give us that chance to be with him. So I think really, I think really what you just have to do is do what Jesus did. That's our identity is supposed to look like something. And the something it's supposed to look like is Jesus Christ. And if we just do that and really do that inside and out, he's going to take care of the rest of it. We just don't know what he's going to do. And mm. see, like, you just don't know what he's right. going to do. He may be extending grace to your family and to the person who abused you because he is giving them every opportunity to get it right before they don't right. get to have it right. Yeah. You just don't know. What Gosh. you do know is to do what you, you're supposed to do and to protect yourself, put your boundaries where they're supposed to be. Right. And, you know, and keep it moving. Yeah. Right. And also just to speak into that, Cynthia, like there is there is very real moments where I had to, that's why I literally, like I called, we, me and my friend I went to India with, we pray once a week. And I don't just usually just cold called people, just like, I don't just usually like, pick up the phone. I always try to schedule calls in because, you know, people are busy. We have lives, but I literally just like picked up the phone and I just like called her and we ended up just being able to hop on the phone, you know, in a couple hours from there. But I literally was like, cause I had a moment where I had to call her to have her remind me of what I came out of the identity, my identity in Christ, my worth in Christ, because that whole situation I felt like was taking me by the foot and wanting to drag me back through the mud, back to that place of just being that, you know, um, like what you said, Cynthia, sometimes the victims could often be the ones that are shamed and ostracized. And I literally was like, am I wrong for setting this boundary? Like, am I being legalistic? Am I being a bad Christian? Like, am I not being... Mm -hmm giving she's like no you're you Chris she's like Christina you are she's like what have we walked through she's like we walked through so much together we've prayed like every week together for almost three years now and she's like you're setting a boundary but it doesn't mean that that boundary doesn't communicate you don't love them that boundary you've, right. you've said I love you but that boundary is you honoring yourself and I literally had this moment where the enemy tried to come and remind me how much of a piece of trash I was and how worthless I was and how, you know, unloved I was. But I had to, again, in that moment, had to just forgive, you know, give it to the Lord. And so there's moments where because of a situation of how someone has wronged you and you forgive them, even though it does, they don't apologize. Because what does the Bible say? Like, like if someone has wronged you, you go and make it right. And I've done that. I've forgiven. I've told them, like, listen, like this situation's not cool, but I forgive you. They don't acknowledge it, but I'm like, I forgive you anyways, you know? Mm -hmm. But there's very real moments where you need to hop on a phone call with a girlfriend. Right. And the enemy mm -hmm. tries to come against you because some some people are done dirty and that dirty goes real deep. And your soul can feel muddied 
And it is only through, and there's very real work that you have to put in after you forgive someone. Forgiveness doesn't mean you won't still deal with hurt and pain. Forgiveness just means the bandaid is off, but you still got to heal. And that, and sometimes you got to wash that wound thoroughly with the word and with worship. And I had to do that Saturday, like full confessional. And I have to do that daily going into the holidays where it's not that I'm not looking forward to the holidays. Like for me, the holidays have changed to where I no longer am seeking to be blessed. I'm seeking to be a blessing where last Christmas, I just did this whole homeless outreach to find all the lost souls in my community to just let them know that God loves them. And it was so powerful. So, but just want to say that, that it is very hard having to walk this out practically. It's very hard. Yeah, it is. But how hard we need each other, right? We need each other. But I think about this, how hard was it for Jesus to walk that road? Mm -hmm. Literally carrying. No one understood him. Through the desert. At least he understands us, right? He was right. No one one understood him except his father in heaven. Right. Which he's, and that's basically Mm -hmm. where we are today. I mean, many of us, you know, we may feel like, yeah, we're fortunate if we have some friends who understand us. I mean, we are blessed. We are. Jesus' own disciples, I think, in that moment where he was walking out the final act of his purpose, of his identity, Right. right? I I think even they look even they were shaken, you know. Do totally. You, do you need to do this? Do you you know do, do, what what if we do something else? You know, but just like when he died, his forgiveness was for us. When we forgive others, it's for us because when you forgive someone who's hurt you in in a certain kind of a way, in any way, whatever it is, right? When you forgive, you cut the anchor of what they did off of your legs in life. And then you're able to move along freely in God's will and purpose for your life. And look, at the end of the day, our identity is that much greater when we're able to move unweighted by unforgiveness, you know, and it, it's, it's, I'm looking, you know, as we decided to sort of come to the end for this morning, um, for today, I'm looking at, you know, women from different cultures, you know, women from different regions of the world who are writing in live and saying how they came from homes where they were never told by their parents that they were loved. And I'm looking at how, you know, some of these women are in turn breaking that cycle by telling mm-hmm. their children and their grandchildren and their or their nieces and nephews and the, the 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 lives that they've chosen to speak into. They're sharing like Irene is sharing that, you know, she loves others. You know, she's telling all the kids in her life that she's an auntie, too, that she loves them. And it is mm-hmm. God's redeeming heart. Irene, you're right. It is God's redeeming heart. And just like he redeemed us on the cross to him, those of us who didn't know him, for those who are rejecting him even right now, for those who laugh at him and mock him even right now, now that we're, you know, all these years past everyone knowing that he died on a cross for us, there are still those who laugh and mock, you know? 
there are still those people on the road uh, when he was carrying that cross to the to the to the hill to get crucified on it who are laughing. They mock and they laugh. Yet he still died for them. And if that happens to be you as we get get wrapped up today, if you happen to have stumbled upon this podcast or this live stream and you you're laughing and you're mocking. You think that it's nonsense for people to sit around and talk about Christ, talk about living for Christ, talk about getting your mess together because Jesus Christ will come back and judge the living and the dead. And you don't want to be on the wrong side of that judgment. If you think this conversation is nonsense, I'm telling you now, he still died for you. He didn't die for you so that you would love him. He died for you because he loves you. So whatever your sin is, it's not too great that God doesn't want to reconcile you to him. And I have to believe that whatever we're each going through in our lives, that just like God reconciled us to him, you have to remember that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So just like we spoke about being saved as a a quality of your identity and knowing that you were saved, but you're actively saved every moment of every day. It's the same, I believe, with reconciliation, with being reconciled. You know, God didn't just die for you once and reconcile you once. He did, but I believe that in all things every day, He's still actively reconciling us to him in a certain sense, in the sense that he's still forgiving us if we're asking for forgiveness. He's still loving us if we're asking him to love us. Mm. He's still there for us, you know, if we want him to be. And so in our identity, knowing that we are reconciled to him, you know, that we are forgiven by him. It does give me the the strength, the help, you know, that I need to reconcile others to myself, to forgive others, you know, doesn't mean we're going to get enmeshed in another relationship, but it does mean that spiritually I understand mm. that I don't want to judge anybody. I want to give them back to God. Mm. Let, let him deal with what they did wrong. That's how mm. I, that's how I live victoriously. Right. It's such a heavy yoke anyways, the burden to judge, the burden to hold on to the wrongs and the offense, to keep your ledger of like, well, well then, and then to therefore go, well, what do they deserve? That is exhausting. I don't want that job. I want to be free. I want to be happy. I want to move forward doing the things that God has for him not to be held. It's, it's not a job I want. It just feels good in the moment, in the flesh, when you're like, ah, but yeah. later on, that long, the long-term effects of holding on to a fence, it ages you, it exhausts you. I'm mostly depressed if I do that. Like it's not, it was never intended for us to do. So I'm thankful that I get the opportunity to forgive, to give back to God what was first his in the first place. And and honestly, it's like, and it, it really does bring us back to identity as being his children. It's like, I don't. I don't put responsibilities on my children that they were never intended to do. 
You know, I take care of those things. There's a safety in my home because my kids, they don't worry about what they're going to eat, what they're going to wear, where, how they're going to get to their practices, how they're going to, you know, whatever, like they just live secure knowing that mom and dad's got it. You know, and as you get older, you get more responsibilities, but I even, I'm glad that the Lord has brought reconciliation with me and my parents to where I, I was pretty, we were strange for a while, but seeing that he's just able to do so much. Um, but even feeling that safety with my parents, I'm sure you feel it with your parents, Cynthia, with your mom, even though you're, mo you're mostly taking care of her, but don't you feel that comfort of, ah, but I can still come to you at times for things. And I don't know. I just, I'm just really thankful and grateful that even as we mature in the Lord and even as we're like working through hard things and we are growing in our maturity. So we're growing in responsibility as believers. Like he is just, he's always a good father, always in every situation yeah. in every, in everything he's good. So wow! thank you for today. Today was so timely to get to hear yeah. from all of you. Seriously, I'm so encouraged. Amen. Very much. You, you, you kind of said the mic drop point in which we, we can end. You know, he's so good always mm. in everything, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I love your comments today. Yes, give it all to God. Um and we love each and every one of you, you know, and thank you guys for tuning in. And thank you, Christina and Christina, for being the transparent lights, you know, and women of God that you are. And while our journey sometimes require that we carry a cross, our journey is also made easier by that cross that, that often really and truly is just carrying us. <laughs> so... Wow. Yeah. 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 Thank you guys for being a part of Girl Club this week. We love you. It is time love for us guys. to peace out of the studio. But uh, I want to thank Life Audio for hosting us. You can find a lot of great shows right here on Life Audio. And um, yeah, don't forget to like us, share us, and subscribe. We want our club to grow just like we want you to grow. I'm Cynthia Garrett with Christina Reynolds and Christina Boudreaux. This is Girl Club, and we'll see you next week. Hi, friend. Are you stressed, maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of, too? Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less Podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's Word, to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.